0: You're listening to Life Simply Better with Zoe Galitzis, episode number seven, The 50-50 Marriage. Do you wish you could stay caught up at work without logging on at night? Do you wish you had plenty of time for your family and for taking care of yourself? If you're feeling overwhelmed by the never-ending stream of emails, meetings, and laundry, then Life Simply Better is for you. This is the podcast for busy working moms who are already experiencing success in their careers, but want to simplify their lives and create more time for what matters most. I'm your host and coach, Zoe Galaitzis, and you can find out more at lifesimplybetter.com. Hello friends, how are you guys doing? I hope everyone is having a great October. I am recording this on October 14th and it totally snowed this morning. Yep, it's October 14th, there's snow, but I live in Minnesota so I suppose it's par for the course. Now, I'm recording this a little bit ahead of time, but the episode is actually going to air on October 23rd. And so I have to take a minute and just say, Happy birthday, Ben. Ben is my son. He is turning five on the 23rd. Ben, I love you. I love your creativity your Lego creations, your art, your <laughs> long-standing obsession with elephants and woolly mammoths. I, you are just one awesome kiddo, and I hope you are having a wonderful birthday today. On today's episode, we are going to talk about family, and specifically, we are going to talk about marriage and relationships, especially when you are parenting with someone else and what that looks like. And if you have listened to other episodes of the podcast or visited my website, you know that I focus on helping busy working moms find the relaxation and simplicity that they crave. And so I really wanted to do this episode because what I see with a lot of women that I work with is that when you start to feel like you are doing more than your fair share of parenting or housework in your marriage and you start to feel resentful maybe that your spouse doesn't pick up more of the slack, or maybe you just feel frustrated by their parenting style. They just, you know, they're parenting your kids in a way that you don't think is the best for your kids. So this episode is really for the times when we're feeling like that. And so if you feel like everything is always on you, make sure to listen up. Now, even if you're not in that situation or you're not experiencing a lot of resentment right now, I think this is still a great episode to listen to. I'm going to give some more of my thoughts about parenting as well, and I encourage you to tune in. I also have some special news at the end of the episode about some opportunities to coach with me in November, so make sure to keep listening if you are interested in getting some free coaching. All right. So before we dive into the marriage topic, I just want to say, too, this podcast comes out every single Tuesday with, I know I'm biased, but I think it's pretty great content. So if you guys are enjoying what you're hearing, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Just click subscribe on your phone, your computer, wherever you're listening, and you will be able to take advantage of all of the fantastic episodes that are coming up in the near future. All right. So on to marriage stress. And again, I think the situation that I commonly see is feeling like your husband is not doing his fair share or they're not parenting how you think that they should. And I'm going to use husband here, but really it could be husband, it could be wife, it could be partner, spouse, ex-spouse. You can fill in whatever relates to your situation. Um, Feel free to do that as we go along. So what do you do when you feel like everything is on you? You know, one solution would be to figure out how to change your husband's behavior and get him to actually do what you want to. And I will say, I am not opposed to that. My only problem is I have not figured out (laughs) how to effectively control my husband's behavior. And I'm kind of joking there, right? It's probably a good thing that I can't control other people. But, um, you know, if you figure that out, I, again, I'm not totally opposed to that. I just think, and for anyone who's been married before, you know it can be hard to change your spouse. So, what I wanna focus on today is not so much your spouse's behavior, which can be out of your control to some extent. Obviously, you can ask for things and communicate, and I am all for that. But we're going to focus really on your behavior, your thoughts around that, your thoughts around the situation, and how you can manage those to have a better experience and actually show up better as a parent. So we are going to talk today about the self-coaching model. And that was a model that I covered in the last episode, episode 6, on how to coach yourself. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it yet because it provides the foundation for what we're going to talk about today. So in the self-coaching model, we have five lines, if you remember. We have circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. And what we're going to do is we're just going to take this situation of a situation where you feel like your husband isn't doing his fair share, and we're going to plug that into the model and see where it gets us. And the first thing we do when we're plugging something into the model, and you can really do this with any issue you're having, uh, I'm going to just walk you through step by step how I would do that and how I do this when I, I coach myself and coach others, the first thing we want to do is separate the circumstances and the thoughts in the model. So if you think about um, sentences like, he's not doing his fair share, or he's parenting wrong, where do you think we would put those in the model? Are those circumstances that are objective statements that we could prove in a court of law, or are they thoughts Which thoughts are our interpretations of a situation, what we make it mean? So if you said you would put that in the thought line, you're right. Now, you might think that is a circumstance. You might think you have a really, you know, flagrant example of your husband not doing his fair share. And you could point to, you know, I do this list of 30 chores, and he does this list of two chores, and so obviously he's not doing his fair share is a circumstance. That's just a fact. That's just true. And if you had a list and you had documentation of the chores he was doing and you could prove he does two things that take 15 minutes a week and you do these 30 things that take 10 hours a week, that list and that 10 hours and that 15 minutes we could put in the circumstance line. But when we get to something like, he's not doing his fair share, or he's doing this wrong, those are subjective interpretations of that factual list. And we know it's subjective because not 100% of people on Earth would agree with us. Therefore, it's subjective. People have different opinions about it. Uh, One example is probably your husband. I think we probably can all think of situations where our husband has looked at a situation and been like, that's fine, that's no problem, and we're freaking out about it, right? So we have two different opinions about the same situation. It's subjective. All right. So in the thought line, we're going to put, he's not doing his fair share, he's parenting wrong, whatever, whatever thoughts you're having about your situation, whatever you're making it mean. And in the circumstance line, we're just going to put, um, you know, things we could put in the circumstance line, like I said, would be naming the actual things that people are doing. I took out the garbage. He did the laundry. I balanced the budget. Whatever your list is, we could put that in the circumstance line because, though, again, those are facts. There's no emotion behind them. There's no real meaning behind them. They're just simply stating what happened. Um, We could also put the fact that you're married. If you're married, we could put that in the circumstance line. So those are the facts. And then your thoughts are, again, he's not doing his fair share or he's parenting wrong. So we have the first two lines of the model, the circumstances and the thoughts. So let's finish the model now and look at what feelings, actions, and results those thoughts create. So, I'm gonna take an example that I've had come up in my own uh, in my own marriage, and Alex, if you're listening, <laughs> I don't think you listen to these podcasts, but if you are, I just want to say you're an awesome husband. You know that, and I'm. I hope you're not too embarrassed that I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm airing our dirty laundry, so to speak, in my little laundry example here. So. One of the places I get frustrated in my marriage sometimes, and again, it's natural to get frustrated. I've done a lot of coaching. I have a great husband, but we're human beings, right? We still get frustrated from time to time. So one example that I have is the laundry. It usually gets into the dryer. It never gets past the dryer in my perception, right? Rarely does it get from the dryer to being folded and put away. And so that's one of those examples where I might run into that example and think, you know, he's not doing his fair share. I have to do everything. I, I, Then I go into the dryer, right, and I get the laundry out kind of in a huff, and I put it away, and I just think, I have to do everything. So that's my thought. I have to do everything. Again, that's not an objective fact. It's just what I'm making the laundry in the dryer mean the objective fact is that there's laundry in the dryer. And my thought about it is I have to do everything. And when I think I have to do everything, I feel resentful. So that's my feeling is resentment. Now, it's interesting to just pause for a second and realize that the thought I have to do everything isn't actually true in and of itself. Like I don't have to put the laundry away. And I will say the times when I don't put the laundry away, it usually works out fine. Like maybe we're pulling clothes out of the dryer to put on the kids, but no one's going hungry. No one's starving. I don't think our kids are really (laughs) having a a tough time of it. And so it's just good to know that, first of all, you have a choice. And I think a lot of times in these situations, we don't even recognize the choice that we do have. We, We don't have to do that. We're choosing to do that but anyway back to my original thought of i have to do everything creating the feeling of resentment so now we're in the model in the feeling line of resentment and the next thing we're going to is action because our feelings our emotions create our actions and our behavior so now i'm going to ask myself when i'm feeling resentful how do i act So when I'm feeling resentful while I'm putting away the laundry because I'm thinking I have to do everything, how do I act? And you can answer this question for yourself, but I'll tell you one thing that happens for me a lot of the times is that I end up kind of snapping at my kids. I'm just kind of huffy and in a bad mood, and my kids will come in while I'm trying to get the laundry put away, and I'll end up snapping at them. And... A lot of times, too, I I don't ask for help, right? I'm just thinking I have to do everything. I feel resentful. I kind of shut down, and I just do the work, but I, I don't ask for help. So those are a couple of my actions, snapping at my family and not asking for help. And so I want to look at the result that that gets me. The result that that gets me is it, first of all, it kind of proves my original thought that I have to do everything. And then I end up actually putting away the laundry because I think I have to do it. And I also don't really show up the way that I want to as a mom. So while I'm doing everything in the sense of I'm putting away the laundry and getting that housework done, I'm not really doing everything I want to be as a parent and showing up the way I want to as a mom. And so the reason that... I want you to see that model and maybe you can think of your own example in your own life is that that thought of I have to do everything, which again just probably feels true at the time or or feels like we're just making a, a statement of fact, we need to remember that that's a thought that is our perception of the situation. And the reason we work it through in the model is to bring some awareness of the fact that that thought then creates a feeling of resentment that leads to actions of putting away the laundry w- without asking for help, snapping at my kids, et cetera. And that creates a result that I, I do end up having to do that chore because I do it and I'm not really doing everything I want to as a parent. And this is all optional. It's optional to have that thought and it's optional to have everything flow from that. But I think we miss that because we're so busy feeling upset at our spouse. We're so distracted and focused on them and what they should be doing that we completely lose sight of the control that we have in the situation and how we're managing our thoughts and how, we are, how that is creating our actions and how we're showing up in the situation. So I want to take a minute here and pause because I think that one of the things that can happen at this point is someone's like, okay, I see that my thought of I have to do everything is causing resentment, which is making me not act the way I want to act. And I think then immediately what's natural and what I always did at the beginning of my experiencing getting coached was I was like, Okay, so I just need to think happy thoughts. I just need to think differently. Instead of thinking, I have to do everything, I'll just think, my husband is wonderful and I love putting away the laundry. You know, I'll think something that'll make me happy and then I'll be nice to my kids and everything will be wonderful. And I feel like I need to do a public service announcement about this in each podcast episode because. That is not my point here. Um, I realize it's, it's tempting to try to change your thought. And I, I think what I used to actually do a lot was I would almost like beat up on myself. Or like now that I once I could see that it was my thought that was creating my feeling, leading to my actions, I would kind of beat up on myself being like, oh, that's such a stupid thought to have. Why don't you just change that thought? And so I just want you to know that it's not so much about changing the thought you're having It's more about just being aware of what that thought is creating in your life. And once you really process that, and once you practice noticing that and having that awareness, you don't even need to do any work to change the thought. It'll just naturally, it'll just naturally happen. And you will just naturally process through to a different thought pattern behavior set that serves you a lot better. So again, it's not about saying, "Okay, think happy thoughts. It's not about trying to change who you are. It's just about starting to notice. What's your situation? What are you making it mean? And how is that making you feel and act? And just noticing that is really all you need to do to bring a lot of relief to the stress you're feeling and start to show up in more of the way that you want to. So again, to recap, we talked about the fact that what we first think about as our husband not doing his fair share that feels like a fact, that's actually our subjective interpretation. And when we interpret things that way, it leads to us feeling resentful, which leads to actions of you know, maybe not asking for help, maybe snapping at family members, et cetera. And we get a result that really isn't serving us. So we don't need to jump in and try to change what we're thinking, but we can start to become more aware of it and start to focus on what's going on for us, our interpretations of the situation, instead of being completely focused on our spouse and what they're doing. So that's what I would offer. Try it out. Let me know how it goes. I would love to hear from you guys what questions you have around that. And you can always email me at Zoe, Z-O-E, at lifesimplybetter.com if you do have questions. All right. So now I'm, I want to present kind of an alternative way of looking at this. And this is just something to kind of play with and get curious about and see how it feels to you. So here's my alternative view of the 50-50 marriage, which is the, the title of this podcast episode. What if just by default marriage is 50-50? What if you're doing your fair share and your husband is doing his fair share? And the way I look at that is there's one of each of you, there's two of you total in the marriage, and so you're each 50% of the marriage just by count, right? Now I would be so curious to know what you're thinking right now. What does that bring up for you? Does that make you feel uncomfortable to think about that? I know it initially felt pretty uncomfortable to me. I just felt like, but it's not fair. And I felt like I'm letting, you know, what if I'm letting him get away with something by, um, by approaching things this way? But again, I want to bring you back to the fact that you are choosing what your half looks like and your husband is choosing what his half looks like. You each have half. You get to choose what you put in to that half as independent adults. And so for your half, you have a couple of choices. You can continue to do quote unquote more of the work of the housework, but acknowledge that that's a choice you're making. Again, I don't have to put the laundry away. No one has to put the laundry away, right? I choose to put the laundry away because I want it to be put away and I want it to be done. What my husband wants to do with the laundry might be different. That's okay. So I can choose to keep doing that. I could also choose to change what I'm doing. I could choose to do less, I could choose to ask for more help. I could choose to lower the expectations that I had of myself around housework. And that also might feel really uncomfortable to you, but I think it's really interesting to think about in either case what the result is that you get. In the first case where you choose to keep doing what you're doing, but you just acknowledge that you're choosing to do it rather than that you have to do it and you kind of drop that resentment, that will make you feel a ton better, which will make you feel show up better as a mom. And in the second option too, maybe you do less housework. Maybe you, you choose to do less and maybe the house is a little bit sloppier, but maybe you show up better in another less tangible way. Maybe you get more done when you're not as exhausted and, um, you know, putting so much pressure on yourself to to get things done. Maybe you're more present for your kids and less distracted about housework. So who can really say, right? But the point is here that it's a choice. And I want you to realize that marriage is 50-50, you get 50, he gets 50, and you choose what to put in your 50%. And I want to talk about this as it relates to parenting too. Because I think a lot of times we also get stressed as moms, watching our husband's parent feeling like they're not doing it right And then we step in and we do it our way, the quote unquote right way, but then we feel resentful again because we feel like we're doing more than our fair share. And I think initially to me, this felt like this moral question of like, these are my kids. I'm morally obligated to raise them in the best way and and what should I really allow here and it felt honestly looking back on it it was probably me being kind of a control freak but it felt like this ethical question to me like I have to make sure my kids are raised well and that I'm not harming them. And I think that's so interesting because it kind of assumes that I could control how my husband parented, right? And again <laughs> Alex, if you are listening to this, I think you're a great dad. I hope everyone understands that I'm talking here about kind of the times that all of us have where we're more on the negative side of things. But I really, (laughs) I'm just laughing at myself right now because I'm married to a wonderful man and a great dad. I still want to do this episode because I'm hoping that it will be helpful for some women who are um, also dealing with some thoughts like this. So anyway when you're thinking about what you should allow your husband to do that again that assumes that you can control people and that you should control people what if you can only really control how you show up in the situation and you just let everyone else do them right you control how you show up your husband gets to control how he shows up and that's okay Now, that doesn't mean you don't ask for help. It doesn't mean you don't set appropriate boundaries to keep your kids safe. But sometimes I think we stretch safe from basic human safety, you know, having food and clean drinking water and all of that other good stuff that we need just for basic survival to this sort of um, rigid, perfectionistic view of trying to optimize our kids' well-being and that's not the same as making sure their basic needs are met. And I have this funny um I have this funny image that actually my husband sent me a couple years ago and unfortunately it's not attributed to the whatever talk it came from. It looks like it's from a presentation, but I'm just going to read it because I think it's such a good example of where I see a lot of parents going today and what I think we pressure ourselves to do. So First, it says how to be a parent in 2017. Make sure your children's academic, emotional, psychological, mental, spiritual, physical, nutritional, and social needs are met while being careful not to overstimulate, understimulate, improperly medicate, helicopter, or neglect them in a screen-free process processed foods free, GMO free, negative energy free, plastic free, body positive, socially conscious, egalitarian, but also authoritative, nurturing but fostering of independence, gentle but not overly permissive, pesticide free, two-story multilingual home, preferably in a cul-de-sac with a backyard and one and a half siblings spaced at least two years apart for proper development. Also, don't forget the coconut oil. Okay, right? It just makes me laugh still when I read it. So that was how to be a parent in 2017. And then below that, it says, how to be a parent in literally every generation before ours. Feed them sometimes. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? I think we have such a long and impossibly long list in some ways of what we need to do to be a good parent. And it we it feels like a need. It feels true that we need to give our kids all of those things for them to turn out okay. But what I would argue is that we don't. It's we should feed our kids, keep a roof over their heads. Let's try to actually separate sort of what is a need versus what is a um, nice to have, or maybe even something that isn't even that important. But our society has created an expectation for us as parents. So, and I think it's ironic when you think about it that we get so wrapped up in being super mom and creating this enriching, healthy childhood for our kids that we become distracted and stressed by all of that pressure to give our kids the perfect childhood. And what happens when we do that is we actually miss out on the true connection of being present with our children just as they are. We're so distracted about coconut oil, right, that we miss out on just being with our kids and just loving on them. So how how am I wrapping this back with this concept of 50-50 marriage? Here's what I want to leave you with. So when you think about 50-50 marriage as it relates to parenting and your husband doing his fair share as it relates to parenting, what if... What if your husband is exactly the dad your kids need? How might that be true, that he's exactly the dad your kids need? And if it's giving you trouble to think about that, I want you to think about, what do kids need to be successful? Is having a quote-unquote perfect parent what will actually cause them to stretch and to grow? Can you even know what a perfect parent would be for your own children? And if you think about your own childhood, think about your own childhood and your own parents. Think about some of the things you wish your parents would have done differently. And those are likely some of the things that you are trying very hard now to not repeat with your own children, right? We're like, well, I was raised this way, and that really messed me up, so I'm not going to do that with my own kids. But that is your experience of it. And often, our parents are completely oblivious to the quote unquote harm they did us. I know in my case, I remember talking probably in my early 20s to my mom about something I wished. This was, of course, before I had kids and before I really got what it was like to be a parent, but I, you know, I was telling her something I wish she had done differently. And she was totally mystified by it. Like it would never have occurred to her to do that any differently than how she had done it. And what I want to offer there is the same goes for your kids. So your kids may end up resenting you for reasons that you could never anticipate. And I really think that's part of the beauty of human evolution through each generation, how we grow through each generation. We learn to see what our parents cannot, and we become ourselves in the process. So we learn to see what our parents couldn't see, we grow beyond that, and that's how we become ourselves. And I think that's actually a beautiful thing, and I don't think that's anything we need to change. So my point in all of this is that you and your husband are exactly the parents your kids need. You probably are messing them up in some way. Maybe they will hire their own life coach or their own therapist when they grow up. But their experience of you is an essential ingredient to them becoming their true selves. That's all part of the journey. So relax, mama, and just love your kids to pieces. You got this. Okay, I'm going to get off my parenting soapbox here, but I think you can probably tell I have some passion around this. And it's only because... I used to put so much pressure on myself as a mom and worry about how we were parenting our kids and all of that stuff. And I just think it's so powerful to release some of that pressure. So I hope that was helpful to you. All right, so let's recap this episode because it is getting pretty long here. And then after I recap, I will tell you about the opportunity to coach with me for free in November if you are interested. All right, so to recap thinking that your husband is not doing his fair share is not a fact. It's a thought. It's your, what you're making your situation mean. And it goes in the thought line of that self-coaching model. That thought causes us to feel resentful. And the feeling of resentment causes us to not show up at our best. And so you can think whatever you want. If you want to keep that thought, go ahead and do it. Just... Notice whether or not it's really serving you to have it. And what I want to suggest is that marriage is always 50-50. You're one person, your spouse is one person, and you each get to choose how you will show up in your 50%. We can choose what we do. We can ask for help, we can set boundaries, and we can do work just because we want to. But it's always a choice. And so you can consider the possibility in your choosing that, consider the possibility that you and your husband are exactly the parents that your kids need as part of their own journeys through life. You're doing this right. What if you're doing this right? love it. All right, guys. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you are still listening at this point in the podcast, 32 minutes in, thank you. I hope you're finding this helpful. I love sharing this time with you guys each week. And what I wanted to talk a little bit about now in the last couple of minutes is an opportunity for free coaching in November. I have gotten pretty far on the client site that I'm building. So I'm building out a client site and client coaching program that has all of the ingredients that I have loved in getting my own coaching, including written coaching, uh, group coaching calls, uh, and other access to coaching that really works well with a busy schedule. And so I have that pretty much ready to go, and I decided I'm going to open it up for free, to a limited number of clients. And so if you're interested in joining as a client for free for the rest of 2018, again, it's a limited number of slots, but I encourage you to go to the website, lifesimplybetter.com forward slash coach, and you will see the information to sign up there. You can also email me at Zoe, Z-O-E at lifesimplybetter.com and we will get you hooked up with some coaching. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. I will be back next Tuesday. Remember to hit subscribe and have a wonderful, wonderful week.